You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's continue the draft analysis, expand the conversation. Say hello to Eric Galco from Optimum Scouting and the Sporting News. Eric, thanks for taking the time. We spend so much time dissecting these prospects. Let's try to do the impossible in Sports Talk Radio, be positive. So if I say Sam Darnold, the negative that comes to mind, all the turnovers, what do you like the most about the USC quarterback? Yeah, I think he's he's flashed so much over the last two years. That Penn State game in the Rose Bowl two years ago still rings strong with NFL evaluators because he showed that game he has the arm talent, the guts, the instincts to play at the NFL level at quarterback. And I think with Sam Darnold, the big picture is that at his best, he looks like a, a really special Andrew Luck, Carson Wentz-like talent at quarterback. It's just not all there yet. And I think the biggest question mark that teams had was, you know, should he declare for the draft this year? He opted to, and I think teams recognize that, hey, if you look at him as a 2019 draft class quarterback, he looks pretty special. So I think all the tools are really there for Sam Darnold, mentally, character-wise, on talent. He's got some mechanical things to fix and figure out, turnover stuff, but I think overall he's going to be a really good quarterback one day. When do you see the National Football League finally getting to the point where when it comes down to seeing a, a, a very athletic quarterback coming out of college, and, and he has some capabilities of throwing the football. We know Lamar Miller can throw the football. Now, is he as allegedly accurate as the Josh Allen, Rosens, and the Sam Darnolds, and even the Baker Mayfields of the world? I mean, both Heisman Trophy winners. How do you gauge the talent of the player as opposed to the traditional ways of covering it, similar to how Bill Poling said he just automatically needs to go to the wide receiver position? Yeah, um, you know, two things there. One, he's more accurate than Josh Allen of Wyoming. Um, Josh Allen was, uh, was historically um, not that accurate in terms of the last 10 years of quarterbacks uh, who have played three years. I think he averaged about 57% completion percentage. And historically, mm. guys that are under about 58 are, are worrisome. And I think Lamar is more accurate than him. And I think, you know, the Lamar receiver talk is very puzzling to me. I, I, people I speak with in the league, and, you know, certainly I don't know every, every GM or every decision maker, but most people I talk to in the league, Still, he's either going to be a good quarterback or a bad quarterback, which reassures me a bit about his projection. But you know, the question for Lamar Jackson is, first off, quarterbacks leaving Bobby Petrino's offense in the NFL haven't always been successful, and there's a bit of an offensive transition. Um, I think he grew a lot this junior year in terms of eye manipulation, navigating in the pocket, finishing downfield. He's great there. Um, I think some of the concerns for Lamar, though, accuracy-wise, are when he doesn't know – where he's going initially, and when he has to break the pocket. If he's not comfortable in knowing exactly what's next, he tends to get a little flat-footed, passes sail on delayed drag routes or outside routes sometimes, and I think vertical downfield placement is one of his concerns there, too, and he's still getting a feel for that. But I think for Lamar, the pros are, one, he got so much better this year. That North Carolina game was the first second game of the year, was one of the more impressive passing performances of any quarterback this year in college football, passing. I think he's special in that way, and then athletically there's no questioning that he's you know, the most similar to Michael Vick coming out of college in many years. So I think for most people in the NFL I speak with, he's either a good quarterback prospect or a bad quarterback prospect. I think of all the quarterback talents this year, he has the most to gain from the NFL Combine because you know, the NFL Combine for NFL teams is about, hey, do I want to draft this quarterback and trust him with my career? GMs and head coaches don't often get to take two quarterbacks in the first couple rounds. And I think of Lamar can impress some teams interview-wise and show that he is more than capable of handling the NFL offense, which I think he will show that. I think there's a real chance he's a first-round quarterback and not a third-round receiver. Eric, to follow up on Lamar Jackson, what do you make of what Bill Polian has been saying consistently that Jackson should focus on playing receiver in the NFL? You know, I will say he's not alone in that. 
um, across the NFL. I know people who are in the league who feel that, hey, maybe he's best at receiver. Um, you know, I do think, to, to, to give Pullian some credit, he did point out about Terrell Pryor, who's very different than Lamar Jackson, but Pryor is a quarterback who, if he had become a receiver early on in his career, maybe he's you know, a, a Pro Bowl, all pro type player. But, um, you know, I, I, and there are quarterback evaluators around the league, outside the league, who I trust, who also think, hey, he's, he's not going to develop there. So I always kind of take people like Bill Pullian and, and people I respect and listen closely to what they're saying. But based on my film study and talking with people around the NFL and, and getting a feel for what Lamar's doing in college and what teams are going to ask him to do, I think that NFL offenses, and we've seen this with Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, have gotten so good at building an offense for a quarterback. And in the past, it was, here's our offense. We'll find a quarterback who fits, and he better figure it out or he's out of there. And I think today's NFL, especially Sean McVay and Jared Goff, he tailored what that quarterback did well and made him successful. And I've got to imagine there are more than a handful of offensive coordinators who would love to get an elite talent like Lamar Jackson playing that quarterback and at least see what he's got. And I think that's why Lamar Jackson will be the top two-round pick at quarterback and, and have a shot for a great career. And after that point, it's up to him to be successful. When you look at a player like a Saquon Barkley, uh, he comes in and he's a versatile back, similar to the backs that are in the game today, uh, being able to catch the football like what we see in Freeman and Coleman out of Atlanta. Uh, but he does, I think, something really well, which is be able to return some kicks. I think that actually adds some value to what he can do, considering how good he does run uh, between the tackles. But when you look at the Giants and, and, and knowing that you have Eli Manning and their, their inability to be consistent running the football, which is what he needs at this point in time in his career, do you see someone like a Saquon Bolden, Saquon Barkley, excuse me, that can fall into that second spot uh, to helping out Eli Manning and with the Giants? Yeah, I think Eli would love some offensive line help too. Um, and I guess Saquon would too if he's there in New York. I think that's a great fit. And I think Saquon Barkley is – is a top running back prospect for a lot of reasons. And we've seen guys, Todd Gurley, 10th overall, Ezekiel Elliott, 4th overall, Leonard Fournette a year ago, 4th overall. I think those three running backs are more physically gifted than Saquon Barkley. They're more athletic freaks who can power through you or run outside you or can make leaping plays. And, and Barkley certainly can leap. He did that a lot this year, I think five times against Iowa alone. But what makes Barkley different than those guys is he's not quite the power guy those guys are. I think he could be a little more LaShawn McCoy-esque in the NFL, a guy who's elusive laterally and can make up for good, not great blocking uh, at the NFL level. But really, Barkley is, uh, adds a few things you mentioned to NFL teams. I know the Giants and a lot of teams, the Browns themselves, would love is, is Barkley, first off, tremendous pass catcher out of the backfield. He's a guy who runs wheel routes, runs out routes very successfully, very competently, and understands positioning and leverage and navigating through man and end zone coverages as a running back out of the backfield. He's pretty rare in that sense. He developed a lot as a pass blocker this year, which is growing in such importance across the NFL, as you guys know. And, and finally, I think his character. He's a guy who helped rebuild the culture at Penn State um, after what happened you know, before he got there. And, and that kind of character is something I talk to teams about a lot. And that means a lot to teams in, in building a guy and taking a guy high in the draft is you know, a top overall pick or a top 10 pick is a guy who wants to be a franchise-changing talent. And franchise-changing Sometimes be more than just on the field. I think Saquon Barkley checks that box for teams. So whether it's the Giants at two, the Colts at three, the Browns at four, paired up with a quarterback at one, I think all those teams make a lot of sense for Saquon Barkley because he can add so much value in so many ways to their offenses that no matter what kind of offensive line you have or quarterback situation, Barkley's a fit for pretty much every team in the top ten.
Chatting with Eric Galco from Optimum Scouting and the Sporting News. Let's head back to the quarterback analysis. I'm based in Southern California, so I saw a ton of Josh Rosen at UCLA. Big arm, pro-style offense with the Bruins, but he's got a very strong personality. How much do you think what he has said in the past and questions about his maturity are going to impact where he could land? Yeah, I think that the, the question with Josh Rosen, I've had plenty of discussions, as you guys can imagine, with people about Josh Rosen. And, you know, the consensus is that his opinions on college athletes being paid, on playing in bowl games, no one disagrees that they're probably right. You know, Josh Rosen is not a dumb kid. He, he's right in what he's saying. But the real concern teams have is, okay, let's push this to the NFL. Let's say he has a good game and his receivers drop a couple passes. And he says that in a press conference. And he says, yeah, you know what, my receivers could – you know, catch the ball a little better, you know, I'd have success. And I'm sure Josh said he wouldn't do that, and people would say he wouldn't do that. But teams extrapolate from what he's done in college to wonder what happens when he's a professional. And, and that's how you can lose a locker room. That's how a quarterback who has a lot of talent cannot reach his potential by, you know, not being a, a part of a locker room and a part of a team. And that's, that's a concern with Josh Rosen. And those questions may be answered at the, at the combine. And, you know, the combine is so important because that's the time when all the decision makers of these teams are all together with that player talking about what really matters to their culture and their organization. And, you know, at the end of the day, the NFL draft is a job interview in a lot of ways, and these guys are interviewing for a job. And if Josh Rosen can nail that interview and this team can feel that he's going to be a guy who fits their locker room, who fits what they want to build towards, whether that's the Giants at two, the Browns at one, or a team like the Buffalo Bills who may trade up for Josh Rosen, that's what they want to find out at the Combine. So, so Josh Rosen has these question marks, and I think deservingly so, teams want to make sure they don't draft a guy who's going to be a negative you know, on the, off the field or in the locker room, more than he's a positive on the field. But I think for Rosen, he has a great chance to prove all those doubts wrong. And I think he will at the combine and the interview process. And I think we'll see a lot of suitors, whether it's the Giants at two or teams looking to move up for Josh Rosen. I think he'll, he'll knock out of the park in the interviews. And, and that's the most important for Josh Rosen now. We've only had the opportunity coming out of Alabama to, as far as a receiver is concerned, to see Julio Jones develop into being something special. Remember his last year, he had a tremendous amount of drops. He comes into the National Football League. He just takes over the league and take it by storm because of how explosive he is. But when you look at the kid, Calvin Ridley, give me your take on what he'll be able to do in the National Football League, considering that he's kind of like one of those scat back type receivers that's really quick, good hands, really fast, but can make some plays down the field. Yeah, he's, he's exactly what NFL teams want nowadays. They want a guy who can be physical on a, as a short area route runner and work after the catch, which Ridley did really well over his career. And they want a guy who can take the top off a of defense. And if you can find a guy who can do both of those, that allows you to be you know, more unique in your, without changing your personnel too much. And I think that's what Calvin Ridley really provides to an NFL offense. And you know, he's physically gifted. He's an older player. He's played in college longer. I think he's going to be about a 24-year-old rookie, which for some teams that matters, but for others it means he's ready to go right now. And I think the fact that Ridley is such a complete receiver in terms of finishing catches, in terms of working downfield, attacking different leverages in zone defenses, and, and finishing against man coverage on the perimeter, all those skills are immediately translated to the NFL game today. And I think his ability to work in multiple route areas is going to mean that every team in the top 16, 17 picks makes sense. And you know, speaking of Alabama, Ravens GM Ozzie Newsom has shown that he loves Alabama players in the last couple of years in the draft, and the Ravens need a receiver. I think it'd be surprising if Calvin really lasted through the Ravens pick or much farther past it. So I think he'll have plenty of suitors in the top 16, 17 picks, and the Ravens make a lot of sense for a lot of reasons, and I think he'd be a great fit with Joe Flacco. Eric, we appreciate the insights. Thanks so much for joining us today on the NFL on TuneIn. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. 
You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart. Live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.